Hey there, I'm Danielle Falk. I'm a wife, mother, sister, daughter, as well as a steward to a 186-year-old farmhouse. I've returned with my family to the country and have found value in the stories of lives that came before us in this old house. And because of their story and the experiences out here in the middle, I now have a better sense of the value in a life that seeks a meaningful story and who is willing to be shaped by it. Want to become rooted in living your best life? Well, hop in the car, jump on that tractor, start that load of laundry, do whatever it is you need to do, and get ready for a quick trip into the country where I will share stories of homesteading life and restoration. Together, we will dig into topics that will lead you to reflect, rethink, and become more rooted in who you are today. Friends, thank you so much for joining me today here on the podcast. I have got a special treat for you today. I did an interview with Amy Sullivan, and I think you are going to find her story to be very inspiring, but also really tie into what we have talked about over the last five weeks with What's Your Story? And I think by listening to hers, you might be able to gain some insight. So I hope you will enjoy this interview with Amy Sullivan. Thanks for hopping on the podcast today. Um, Just to kind of give you a background, over the last five weeks, I've done a series called What's Your Story? And the idea was, is over the past couple of years, I have shared about lessons I've learned from returning to the country. And I wanted listeners this time, though, over the last four weeks, four or five weeks, to really think about their story, really go back to the beginning of, you know, why do this, why do they think the way they do? What were the dreams that they once had, but they kind of got pushed to the side? And so it's kind of digging in and finding like the purpose, their purpose now, and not just letting life go by. And so I thought it would be perfect to have you on because you also have your own story of life's twists and turns and how it's led you to find a purpose married with a passion that you did have, um, you know, a long time ago that you did put on the back burner for a little while. And so that's really what I want to focus on today is listeners getting to learn from you because I think there's value in listening to others' stories and how they've kind of navigated uncharted waters and how you kind of, how you do that and how you cope and how you really kind of get through those hard days. So friends, if you will, listeners, um, let's welcome Amy to, I guess, the virtual front porch out here in the middle of nowhere. And um, will you share a little bit about yourself, Amy? Well, hello, and thank you so much for having me on today. I'm super excited to be here and and uh, talk to your folks on the front porch. Love that. I live in the country as well, so I feel like we're sort of kindred spirits in that sense. So um, I guess my story is I am a singer-songwriter. I'm based in Ontario, Canada, and I've been singing since I was a kid, and I gave it up for a period of time when I decided to get a real job and get married and start my family. And it wasn't until my oldest son was diagnosed with Tourette syndrome that I started to feel called back to music. And so today where I'm at is I am making music for other parents in my same similar situation of parenting a child with a diagnosis. Um, But really, I feel like people who aren't even in that situation have been enjoying the music in terms of 
like we just talked about the pivot, you know, life isn't turning out the way I thought, how do we cope with that? How do we suffer? Well, so yeah, I'm just sort of, um, in the business of encouraging other people who feel like they aren't seen and reminding them that, um, God really has a bigger hand in your story than maybe you're able to see at the current moment. So that's that in a nutshell, I think. <laughs> Thinking back, um, it's always easy to kind of like flash forward. It's it's great. Reflecting can be really difficult to do, um, especially when you're not far from it, or maybe you're still in it, um, but maybe in a, a different place or a place that feels more comfortable. When you let's go back to when you decided to table music for kind of that normal life. Mm -hmm. Um, was there any, like, what was that because you felt like that was what you were supposed to do? Did you feel like there was kind of a nudge and that's the direction you should take? Um, what was that, that first pivot like? So I think in hindsight, it was a temper tantrum. And yeah, the sort of wild thing to say, right? That's kind of a weird statement to say, especially because I was in my, you know, early 20s at that point. Um, I think I had been working in Toronto with a well-known producer. My husband and I were still dating at that point. I was still living at home with my parents and I was making a record. We had recorded 10 songs and we had sort of a, a heartbreaking situation happen that I was suddenly unable to release any of the music that we had created. So that was sort of the, um, the moment where I said, you know what, I've worked so hard at this and I came so close to doing what I think I was supposed to do. And it just, everything fell apart. There was no chance to, to save it. So I just said, that's it, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. It's too hard, it's too uncomfortable. Um, I felt betrayed. I was disappointed. All of the bad feelings around it, you know? So I had grown up knowing that this is what God had given to me to use for his purposes. And so I was conflicted, you know, and I thought, well, maybe I'm just not supposed to do it anymore. Or maybe this was the point that that it, this was as far as I was supposed to go, you know, in my mind, I had all these dreams of like, what if I do this as a career? And, you know, I could tour and travel and make music as a, as a lifelong thing. So it was the, the actual reality of like, okay, I'm stuck here in a place where we've spent all of our money and we were not, you know, we didn't have a lot of money to spend. And we had invested a lot in this along with the, spiritual and mental sort of confusion of like it's not supposed to be like this like this isn't how I had it pictured in my head and I don't think this is how God wanted it to be but yeah it was um at that point I just said that's it I'm done I, I didn't listen to music I didn't sing I didn't want to talk about music or hear about music or anything for about 10 years after that oh wow so you you move forward and mm -hmm. Then you come to your next um, unexpected event. I relate to you outside of having an older home and living in the country. Um, you know, I always expected or planned that I would have a normal pregnancy. And I ended up going into labor at 24 weeks. And the day that I left teaching uh, that one day, I ended up in the hospital for three months on bed rest. And I went to labor and delivery twice thinking I was going to deliver premature babies. 
And then um, I was able to bring them home, but it was with our second who I didn't get to bring home because he stayed in the NICU. And when we were able to get pregnant with Parker without any troubles, it was kind of like, oh, great, I'm getting to experience that normal. But then it didn't end normal. And, and I find that it's, it's because of those experiences, though, that that's where that's why I'm here today where I am, because it opened my eyes. And so for you, you ended up starting your family and you kind of had some unexpectedness that maybe has led you to what you are doing today. It has inspired you to do it. Can you share a little bit about your connection with other parents and how you saw a need for them um, when you had joined them? I believe it was for like a group, a group meeting with other parents, maybe uh, with children yeah. with special needs. Yeah. So this was, um, our youngest was little enough that my husband had to stay home with him that night. So I had gone to this meeting on my own and it wasn't our usual therapy group. It was sort of a different, just kind of a one-off thing the city was putting on. And, um, I can still picture it. It was a, a big conference table and there was all sorts of parents sitting around and it was dealing more with, um, depression and anxiety in children. And the, the man across from me just started sobbing and just like, I need to, my kid's going to kill himself. I need to save my child's life. And it was so, I mean, the things we have seen in some of these meetings, it's people wouldn't even imagine the pain and the heartbreak, you know? And um, I walked out of that meeting thinking like, this is just a regular Wednesday night. People are out, you know, doing whatever, running errands. And there's a man in here who is sobbing and just destroyed and at the end of his rope, you know? And so I got into my car and I felt God say to me, you know, you could write music for these parents. And I really feel like God showed me that because until my son was diagnosed and until he had started going through his issues, I had no idea about what it was like to have a child with a diagnosis. It was, I had, you know, seen other people. We had nobody in our family close to us, but I mean, I was aware of it, but I didn't realize what it was like, which is so true, you know, with any struggle that someone goes through until you've lived it, um, you don't get the full concept of it. And so I thought, wow, that would be kind of a strange thing to, you know, I had never envisioned that as singing when I was younger, like that could be a possibility to bring those two things together. And so I think my main concern was, I don't want people to look at me as though I think that I'm an expert because I'm not. What I can do, what I can offer is the hope that I found on this journey through our faith and share the story and the, the trials that we have been through. So that's how I've I've come at it when I'm writing songs. It's usually, you know, some sort of story or a feeling or a situation that we've been through. Um, but it's coming from what I'm currently living through. This isn't something that's in our past and we went through that and now everything's done. We're living it every day. And so my hope is that while that can be difficult for me to talk about as I'm still struggling with those things, that it will bring a level of um, 
vulnerability and relatability to people who are listening to my music or reading what I've written, following me on Instagram, wherever it may be, because they know that I get it. And so I think that's where the big connection has been, um, that I'm just like everybody else. And I've just found a way to take something, the dream that I had as a kid to now use that in a way I hadn't expected. Yeah. It's your way of, of storytelling is through singing, just like others may use it through their writing, through their, um, their podcasting. Um, I think it's really neat that, that you had that desire to sing and, and to, um, be, be in the music industry, but now it has so much purpose. I'm kind of curious, um, when, when you originally had started into the music industry, what, were you still singing um, kind of that Christian faith-based music or was it more secular music? Yeah, so I would say, I remember um, some label people asking me, are you a Christian artist or are you an artist who's a Christian? And there is a difference there, right? Yeah. And I have just always, yeah, I've just always um saying what has my what's my life been about and my life has always been involved with faith what God's doing in my life so yeah I would say it's always um come from that Christian perspective but um yeah with the new stuff thrown in it gives it a a different flavor as well so yeah certainly so what is your greatest hope now you have in addition to your music for helping others connect and um be supported by you you also have an online presence. And I believe you have a a Facebook group that you run for other parents. Yeah. So the Facebook group is called Never Alone and it's a private group and that's done intentionally so that I'm very cautious about who comes into the group because I want people to be able to feel free to share struggles or successes. And everybody in there is someone who understands. So it's not um, well, my kids have Tourette's syndrome. This is for anybody who has a child with any sort of diagnosis. So yeah, I think my hope is to find those moms in particular who are feeling very shut in, very isolated and, um, give them a community, give them a reminder that it feels like you're alone. Maybe you can't get out, you know, in person to a support group, but here's something you can do five minutes a day, even if you have to. So did you kind of navigate some of those or how do you currently navigate some of those difficult days because sometimes our cup just runneth over and it might not just be one part of it it could just be everything that is in our life where we just we're just overflowing and and you even sent out in your most recent um email about taking care of the caretaker how important that is is that you know we take care of ourselves and i think regardless of Um, where you are, if you have a child who, um, or children that have special needs or don't, we all have our own individual um, challenges. It's just the way we're made and wired. Others have stronger tolerances or um, patience or just the ability to cope better than others. I struggle with anxiety. What is your advice or is there anything that you have done that you just find is really important for you to be able to move forward in the next moment, next day, next month? What keeps you moving forward? Yeah, I think that's a big one. Um, The taking care of the caretaker. I feel like moms in particular 
Um, it's in our DNA to look after our children first. And that's a good thing. That's our job. That's what we're supposed to do. But sometimes you can get to that burnout level where you're just giving from nothing and it doesn't work anyway. So I like to tell the, the uh, moms that follow me that, you know, maybe you can't go out for a night. Maybe you can't go away overnight to get a break. Maybe you have five minutes and it's a good idea even to have a few things written down, you know, like if I have a few minutes, I can do this. And I know that's going to relieve some stress. If I have a longer time, maybe I sit down and read a book or, you know, I make a cup of tea and watch my favorite show, that type of thing. Um, I like to, in my own life, try to plan one sort of event in a week that I know is going to sort of take the pressure off. So if I'm having a super busy week, it's not going to be a big thing. If I have sort of more open week, maybe I'm going to go to the movies by myself and just have some peace and quiet. So that is, you have to find sort of practical things and, you know, maybe it's sewing, maybe it's, it could be anything you have to do. What's, what's going to be a, a good stress relief for you. So it's worth uh, taking the time to figure out how can I take care of myself? Because it's really not selfish because I know when I'm feeling overwhelmed and tired, my kids and my husband feel that as well because it you know it goes off on them and so if i take that little time and understand that too you know it's worth for them let mom go and do something because i come back in a better mood i've got more patience and everybody benefits from that um but i do think it's really hard for moms to say you know, to, in order to say yes to yourself or something like that, you have to say no to something else. Right. And that's can be hard to do, especially with the, you know, eternal to-do list that everybody's got to really make that time to just say, you know what, five minutes, that's all I need for today to get me through. Um, so that's definitely the main thing. And then in terms of myself to keep moving forward, um, our life in general is very, you know, it's waxing and waning. There's good moments where I can get a lot of work done. There's other weeks where I question, do I need to stop doing this <laughs> sort of and everything in between. So it's, for me, it's a constant uh, checking in with the kids, checking in with, um, with God to make sure, am I supposed to continue doing this? Is this where we leave things off? Um, do I need to scale back a little bit? So things are just sort of always shifting and, you know, it's something you got to be prepared to do, I think. Well, I think that's a really great point that you make because having been a very structured person, um, even through when I was teaching, I taught for about 10 years, but when I left teaching and we had our third child, I didn't know what to do. Everyone thinks like, great, you get to be a stay at home mom. I had no idea what to do. I even used to struggle when we just had summer break because I was so, that routine was so ingrained. And by the time my husband will, will even say that it was very difficult. By the time I got used to that summer routine, it was time to jump back in to the school routine. And so for the past five years, and especially through the pandemic, it was like, I felt like I was floundering. And my husband got to a point where he said, you just need to go, go do something for you. And uh, he would just more or less push me out the door and say, you've got to get out of here. Kind of just taking yourself somehow out of the situation or out of all the things that might be overwhelming. And so for me, I go to like antique stores. You are so right in, 
and saying that you just have to do it, whether it's five minutes or 10 minutes or an entire day or afternoon, it's better to take care of yourself. And through these difficult times, I think that's the best advice um, that you really, I mean, did a great job of sharing with. Um, I also liked your one about eating chocolate because um, <laughs> when you have to treat yourself, even if it's just that one guilty pleasure, that can just give you that quick pick me up. Because I know that a lot of our listeners, like they are doing the nine to five job and they are juggling so many things. But, but you have to treat yourself just a tiny bit, even if it's on um, the drive home and you've got your stash of chocolate. Before we wrap up here, I thought that this was for our listeners. Um, I saw this yesterday on Instagram and it made me think of our conversation that we were going to be having today. And it, it says, sometimes you must hurt in order to know, fall in order to grow, lose in order to gain because most of life's greatest lessons are learned through pain but i would say difficulties or unexpectedcies but you know the only way that we know you know happiness is by experiencing you know sadness at some point and so but keeping that in the forefront of our mind and having that good um healthy self talk and as well as treating ourselves are really two good ways to help us through those difficult times because um, we're all going to have them. Amy, will you please share how listeners can get in touch with you, follow you, listen to your music so that they too can be um, uplifted? Yeah, absolutely. So probably the most generic way is my website, which is amysullivan.ca, Canadian and all. Um, and then Instagram is at Amy Sullivan music and I'm on Instagram stories most days. So come and okay. say hello. I'd love to follow you back and, uh, music links. Everything is linked from the website as well. So yeah. And it's fantastic. I've, I've been, I have you on one of my playlists and your music is it's inspiring. Um, and it's just, we talked, I talked about in the, what's your story, the series about, um, fueling ourselves and being around things that are positive, what you watch, what you listen to, who you're spending your time with, who are you talking on the phone with, because it has such an impact. It can um, most definitely. And so your music definitely just kind of encourages it's just positive. So um, thank you so much for taking your passion and marrying it with this wonderful purpose. I am so excited to see more, um, more of you um, out there on social media and getting to listen to your music. Thank you so very much, Amy. Thank you for having me. It was an honor. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope you will rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast and share with those you know. If you'd like to see more of what life is like out here in the middle, you can find me on Instagram at Farmhouse Storyteller or head to my website, farmhousestoryteller.com.